0: Welcome to The Good, Good Life with Jan Jones. Together, we will journey through self-discovery and fulfillment in life. Here's your host, Jan Jones.
1: Welcome, everyone, to The Good, Good Life. I am your host, Jan Jones. I want to know, do you know how much I appreciate you I value your support and all the time that you spend with me each week. I am just honored to have you join me with the Good Good Life podcast here on Voice America. I want you to know, too, if you haven't been told this yet this week, the world needs what you have to offer. So say it with me. If you're a regular, you know where I'm going with this. Let's all get awake, alert, alive, enthusiastic, because we are diving into a wonderful topic today. It is all about having a servant's heart. It's never too late to start. And I want to center this around servant leadership. So I have a question. Are you a leader? Whether or not you have a leadership title, I'm using my air quotes here, do you consider yourself a leader? And I want you to think about it because we are all leaders. We have people that are counting on us, that are watching us, that are inspired by us, but we are also every single day making choices and leading ourselves with those choices that we make. So, of course, you are a leader. You are leading your life in the direction that it is going by the decisions that you are making and by the impact that you are having in this world. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. I want everyone to just kind of I would say close your eyes, but I don't know where you are. If you're driving or something listening to this podcast, I do not want you to close your eyes, but I want you to let it really calm you as you consider people that have led you in your life, the ones that had a real impact on your life. Think about those people right now. Was it a teacher or a preacher, a boss, a mentor that you have, a coach, a parent or a grandparent, maybe a sibling? It could be so many different people that have had that real impact in your life because they were leading you. You went to them for guidance, for direction, for advice. What is it about that person or those people did you admire? Why did they have such a profound impact on you? Are you thinking about it? I bet this impact had nothing to do with where they lived, where they were from, where they grew up, the school that they attended, the car they drove, or even the title or position that they held in their workforce. I bet none of that is why these people had such an impact on you. In fact, I want you to think about the characteristics that made them have this inspirational impact on your life. I bet It is because they cared about you. They had empathy for you. They took time with you and they listened. They imparted such great wisdom. They had good discernment about your situations when you shared with them. They were very trustworthy. They were kind. In fact, if you think about it, it was really all about their heart to serve you in your needs. They have a servant's heart. And I want you to just envision this for just a moment. Imagine the world if we all had a servant's heart. Thinking of others. No hidden agendas, no manipulations, no using others for our self gain. Imagine that kind of world. We all know people that have a servant's heart. And I want to talk today about how we can all have this approach to life. I'm telling you right now, right now, As you listen to this podcast, you could be the one that starts a movement in your company, in your family, in your community. You could start a movement like this, and that is really what we're here today to talk about. It is about being that servant leader, because we've already established that you are a leader. And leadership takes on so many different forms. It doesn't necessarily have to have a title. I mean, you're kind of the, the CEO of your life, right? <laughs> so let's talk about this whole idea of a servant's heart. Because like I said at the, at the beginning, it is never too late to start. In fact, if you think about This approach to life and to relationships as serving others, it really comes down to dying to self. It is that outward focus and not being self inwardly focused. There's actually this little book out there that has some spiritual tools and spiritual skills, and it's called The Journeyman, and it is all about your spiritual journey to experiencing God, and it is written by my husband, Jim Sharp. Um, I just had to put that little plug in there because this is a topic that is discussed in that book. But today, we're not going to talk about everything he writes about in the book about dying to self. I want to talk about this heart of serving. I want to give you ways that you can practically, intentionally use this skill that is within you to really change the world around you. So the first thing I really want to do before I get into some principles and practices of having a servant's heart and being a servant leader, let's just talk a little bit about what self-focus really is. And what I want to do is I want to share with you some myths about self-focus. So, basically, these myths are really misunderstandings about what self-focus is. So, the first myth that I found about self-focus is that self-focus looks like selfishness. Now, it is easy to associate self-focus with narcissism, right? We call people selfish. We see these selfish behaviors. But selfishness is just a little different than self-focus because self-focus can actually take surprising forms. This is why it can very quickly but quietly creep into our lives. Think about that. Self-focus could really be all about preserving a certain image you know, doing things for the wrong reason, just to make yourself look good is what I'm talking about. That self-focus, I've got this image, I need to preserve it. I'm going to just focus on me and, and what I want people to think of me. Self-focus is also putting your desires ahead of serving others and serving God. It can be very subtle, It can be what I um, talk about sometimes, a slow fade into completely being self-absorbed. Have y'all ever heard of uh, this thing called the mirror reflex? You know, when you walk by a mirror, you just can't help but still a glance of yourself. I mean, I do it. If there's a mirror there, you just like, you're looking up. There are some restaurants that put mirrors like, you know, at the table, if you're sitting against the wall and there's a mirror against the wall and you're the one facing the mirror, is it kind of hard to eat? Cause you just see yourself eating, you're looking at yourself. Anyway, um, Self-focus really can be mistaken for selfishness, but we need to watch out for that myth because it can be subtle and it can creep into our life before we even know it. Um, in Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 48, the disciples were even arguing about this self-absorbed greatness that they wanted. It reads, an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes the the one, the welcome." Wait, I'm messing this up. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Sorry, I fumbled a little bit there. Um, the main point there is at the time, little children would be kind of shuffled off if they were, you know, trying to approach adults. And Jesus was basically saying the one who is the least really is the greatest. So we don't need to have this self-absorbed self-focus all the time. Okay, so I'm going to move on. I've got two more myths that I want to share with you. The second one is self-focus is a new problem. This is a myth. We really think in the age of social media, and it's easy to believe this, that this is a new struggle, but it really isn't. It's actually as old as humankind has been around since the beginning of mankind. It has been around. I mean, just like the scripture I just read, they were already arguing about who's the greatest, who's the greatest, and they were in the presence of Jesus Christ. So this is not a new problem, this whole issue of self-focus. There has always been a powerful allure of this self-absorbed focus. But I will tell you, there is also a peril Of it. Because if you are completely self focused, it can lead to a slow and steady spiritual death. It hurts your relationships. It shrinks your faith and it can actually kill your confidence. So it's not a new problem. And the third myth that I want to share with you is that self focus creates self-confidence. I just said that self-focus can actually kill your confidence. And this is a real misconception that if I'm focused on me, it'll help build me up. I will become more bold. I will become more courageous. And actually, it can cause more insecurity because we're so inwardly focused that We don't think that we are good enough. We don't see ourselves as God sees us. We are comparing ourselves constantly on all of these social media channels that are out there. There's really two causes of insecurity. One of them is low self-esteem. And I just touched on that. When we don't see our worth and our value, we don't see ourselves in the way that god sees us the way that he created us so that actually creates the insecurity because of our low self-esteem and the second cause of insecurity can be that self-preoccupation it breeds insecurity because it makes everything about you i just have a question is your vanity or ego keeping you from living your life? I want you to really consider that. I mean, as we are talking about these myths about self absorption and this preoccupation with ourselves, are we so inwardly focused that we're missing out on so much of this good, good life? So think about these myths of uh, what self-focus is and what it really isn't and think about where your commitment is. Is it really just about looking good? Is it really just about how people see you or do you know who you are? Because when we know who we are, We do not have to worry about who we are not. And this is how we can be bold and confident and have a servant's heart because we're not threatened. We don't have jealousy. We really are impacting this world, building a legacy of love by becoming free of me, And when we come back, we're going to take a short break. This is where I'm going to get into helping you and helping me become free of me. We need to let go of our preoccupation with ourselves and learn how to break free and focus on others and have that servant's heart. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back to talk about key principles and practical ways that we can actually live this way. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities, and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. Rekindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to the Good, Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888 346 9141 That's 888 888- Three four six nine one four one. Now back to the show with Jan.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about having a servant's heart, and I just went over some myths of really our misinterpretation of self-focus. Now I want to get into some key principles of what true servant leadership looks like. Because as I mentioned before the break, we need to let go of our preoccupation with ourselves so that we can help others make this journey of life. We need to break free of me and As I go through these practical ways that we can actually live with a servant's heart and show servant leadership, I want you to think about in the background how these key principles can really apply to any of your work situations, as well as your personal life, because these key principles really transcend to all walks of life. All right. So I've got six that I want to share with you today. The number one thing that we can do to have a servant's heart is honor others before yourself. Yes, honor others before yourself. Albert Einstein once said, I speak to everyone the same way, whether he is a garbage man or the president of the university. Now, this was a practice and this this simple statement really perfectly exemplifies the concept of purposefully honoring others before yourself. Speaking to everyone, letting everybody know that you value them by acknowledging them, by speaking to everyone as if they are genuinely important, because everyone is genuinely important. No matter what their position is then Einstein was demonstrating really true respect for all people. And let's just face it, respect defines the underlying attitude of someone with a servant's heart. Have you ever like been somewhere, maybe an event or a party or I mean, even at church and you meet somebody new, you meet somebody new in the community, you meet somebody new at work. I mean, we're, we're always meeting new people. That's part of the excitement of life. But then when they walk away, the, the person that you know that is standing with you says, hey, did you know who that was? And you're probably clueless because you just met them, right? And you're like, no, I don't know who that was. And they go on to tell you how important they are and, you know, what their position is or what they've accomplished in life. And the thing is, we should really look at everybody through that lens. Do you know who that is? I mean, everyone is a child of God. Everyone is so valuable. Everyone is so important. It doesn't matter status or title. So the next time someone says, hey, do you know who that was that you were just talking to? You might want to say, yes, I do. And we are all the same. We are all so loved and valued by God. We are all children of God, right? So the first practice to having this servant's heart is to honor others before yourself. So how can we do this? So one way we can do this is we can affirm dignity by recognizing and responding to the needs of others. So we need to notice it. We need to take that time. Another way we can honor others is we need to actively resolve issues. We don't ever want to just ignore something and think that it will blow over or that it will just get better with time. That is not showing respect for someone. It's all about that communication and really, really trying to resolve the issues. And then another way we can honor others is respect people of all positions through word and behavior. So we've got to back our words up with actions. And that really shows honor to others. All right, the second way that we can have the servant's heart and really build a legacy is we need to inspire vision before setting the course. Helen Keller once wrote, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. Isn't that so powerful? Daily, daily, there are leaders around the world, and they are going 100 miles per hour in no specific direction, and they're really getting nowhere. But great leaders, they really work to establish a vision that goes far beyond what they can see. And Full buy-in from their team. This is what they're lo- this is what they're working on. Vision from leadership and buy-in from the teams. It produces an inspiring atmosphere, and it is where people really think almost anything is possible, and it can become that way. And I want you to think about inspiring vision regularly in your relationships, in your daily goals, in your family, with your team members. But this principle of a servant leader, of inspiring vision, before you jump into action, because that's one of the challenges with this key principle. Sometimes we take action too quickly. You just dive right in and you really don't know where you're going. And that is really confusing for people around you. If they're looking to you to be their leader and you keep moving around and the target keeps being moved and people don't really know what they're headed towards, then it's really not going to create this wonderful, inspiring, creative atmosphere. It would almost be like a doctor prescribing a medicine before they even diagnosed what was wrong with you. We would not want to do that. So we've got some challenges with inspiring vision before we set the course. Um, It it can also be missed when you do not cultivate the buy-in from those around you. Because when you've got buy-in or when you do not have the buy-in, it really does keep people from connecting to the purpose behind the vision that you're trying to set. So we've got to have that buy-in. Now, um, what I want to ask you this, what visions have you imagined and how will you inspire people? to share that vision with you. Think about that. We need to have a vision of how our day is going to go. We need to see that picture of success because picture fueled by that passion, that is actually going to get us there that is going to get us to that picture that we have in our mind. So how can we inspire vision? Well, we, the first way is we've got to model the way for the vision. We need to constantly be working on our own growth and improvement. Because when others are looking to you as the leader and they see you constantly improving, guess what? It inspires them to constantly improve. Another way we can inspire vision is help others realize how each person contributes to this bigger picture because every single person plays a part and that part adds so much value and we need to remind people of that. So help others realize how they are contributing. And another way to inspire vision is be sure to share not only the what and the how, but people have got to connect to the why. You all know that there are so many people, the world is definitely in this like self-focused kind of mode. We do all this comparison living and there's the whiffum, right? What's in it for me? This is what people ask a lot. So when you can give them the why, how this is going to benefit them or the family or the company, that's when you inspire vision. All right, so we've got to inspire the vision before we dive into action, and we've got to get the buy-in. A third way that we can have a servant's heart is, and this is a big one, it's kinda, it can be difficult, especially when you have opportunities to not do the right thing. But here's number three, we've got to choose ethics before profit. And you may be thinking, okay, Jen, you said you were talking about servant leadership and servant leaders have a servant's heart, right? And if we're talking about organizations, then the bottom line of making a profit is really important. But how are we going to do that? I mean, do you want to get to the top of whatever you define as success and then have guilt and shame attached to it? No, we have got to choose ethics. Nearly... All men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Mm, Guess who said that? Abraham Lincoln. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. There is no price that you can pay for integrity, but a lack of it can be very costly. While um, Christian teachings really do emphasize this value, I'll tell you, almost every other major religion also promotes this concept. It leads to the conclusion, if everyone is talking about integrity and ethics that integrity really matters it counts over the last few decades we as people we have seen what seems to be countless organizational scandals i mean it it really breaks my heart when when you hear these stories in the news but think about it i mean it it's really affecting all kinds of organizations from major corporations to churches to non profits, and the central theme really across the scandals is a lack of integrity, they lost their moral compass as leaders. But integrity doesn't erode or disappear in just a day. And here we go again. It's usually this slow fade. There are a few people that I think in this world really think I am going to get powerful and I am going to gain influence and I'm going to do it by scamming thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. I'm going to ignore the rules. I don't think anybody really sets out to think that. But sometimes they end up in these scandals because they lost their way. They got greedy. They were about the profit, about the money. And they didn't do business in a way that really showed integrity. So we've got to really practice this daily. There is an immeasurable value that moral character brings to leadership. I'm telling you, great leaders prioritize the value of character over profit. And so they actually are refusing to take advantage of these opportunities that might come before them for a dishonest gain. I want you to think about a really great example. In fact, I want to share this before our next break. A great example of really putting ethics above profit is the founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy. He's a classic example of someone who practiced a personal, non-negotiable, risky. It was risky because he could have lost profits, but he was not going to waver from his values. He has had an just exceptional, crazy success, more than he could have ever dreamed, and he did not put profit first. Kathy made a values-driven decision. When he started his restaurant, he decided to allow his employees, if you're not familiar, he wanted them to have the freedom to observe a day of rest just as he did every Sunday. So he closed on Sundays and he got so much uh, just lashback for that and criticism for that. I mean, the critics were like, if you're not open on Sundays, you will never make it. This is such an unwise business decision. But guess what? It was non-negotiable for Truett Cathy. And Chick-fil-A is now in, uh, they're posted, let's see, I've got this written down somewhere, 46 consecutive years of positive sales growth. 46 consecutive years of positive sales growth. Kathy really highlights a valuable lesson in leadership wisdom. He stuck to his ethical and moral compass and his values. And he's been very consistent with that. And as a result, he has had incredible success. So here's a question for you before I give you some ways that you can really make ethical choices, what are your major and minor non-negotiables that you can hold on to as you lead, as you lead others, as you lead yourself? What are those non-negotiables? Have you even thought of that? Because if you don't set the agenda for your life, someone else will. And we have got to know who we are and our convictions. We do not need to be walking around having an identity crisis. We need to make decisions based on our values. And this is how we're going to make ethical choices. One way is be clear on these non-negotiables that define your integrity. Another way is to identify how integrity will increase your long-term success. You need to see it. It goes back to that vision, inspiring vision. All of these servant leadership principles really do connect together. And then lastly, how we can make some ethical choices is remember that ethical business practices reduce your long-term risk. Wouldn't it be nice to reduce the risk of failure because you stuck to your integrity? So let's take another short break because I've got three more key principles I want to share with you on how you can have a servant's heart. And we will wrap up with uh, some insights there in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: Are you ready to ignite your passion and purpose for life? Make sure you join Jan Jones each week for the Good Good Life podcast. Each week, Jan will share her expertise and insights into personal development, as well as spiritual growth discoveries. From the challenges in the valleys to the victories on the mountaintops, Jan has persevered through all of them with unwavering faith and joy. Life is full of possibilities and Jan wants to walk with you as you discover those possibilities and unleash your full potential. We kindle the spark inside of you and rejoice in the good, good life with Jan Jones, where we will all love living and live loving. your world, motivate, change, succeed, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to The Good, Good Life with Jan Jones. If you have a question or want to share your story with Jan or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jan.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to The Good Good Life. We are talking about servant leadership. I have shared three key principles to really being able to demonstrate having a servant's heart. The first one was honor others before yourself. The second one was inspire vision before setting the course. And then the third one we just finished talking about was choose ethics before profit. So let's keep going with this list. Number four is empower others before your own personal gain. It's amazing what you can achieve if you don't care who gets the credit. Oh! Have you ever thought about that? I mean, aren't we really I mean, if we're going to be really, really honest and look ourselves in the mirror, we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty interested in everyone knowing that we accomplished that or that was our idea. But I'm telling you, it is amazing what you can achieve if you don't care who gets the credit. I did not say that. President Harry S. Truman actually said that. And, you know, he exemplifies how leaders achieve their greatest success. And it's through the empowerment of the people around them. So we need to empower others. Great leaders tend to take a little more of the blame when the results don't turn out well and a little less of the credit when they do. Think about that in your own life. Are you quick to blame others? Or do you really have great accountability? Do you take a little more of the blame and a little less of the credit so that you can empower others before, ahead of your personal gain? Leaders who care about leveraging and empowering their teams, they really do create a safe environment that encourages confident decisions. Now, remember, I said a myth of self-focus is that it creates self-confidence because it really doesn't. But when we are empowering others, then they become more confident. Their self-esteem becomes higher. And then you've got better, wiser decisions that are being made because this type of safety that you are creating with a team, with a family, with your friends, you're actually giving them permission to take some smart risks. Now, you're the leader, right? So you still have to be involved and have guidance for them. But more often than not, you actually achieve some greater outcomes when you empower others. And they're not afraid to, you know, think outside of the box and talk to you about maybe some crazy ideas or if they're contemplating a decision, Let's take this empowering others and 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 having this servant leadership approach to life. And you do this with your kids. Wouldn't it be great if they came to you before they made a really bad decision? And we want that for our organizations and our teams as well. So we want to empower others. Well, how do we do that? we can create this safe environment for employees to grow. We want people around us to have the freedom to develop. Maturity is a lifelong process. We should always be learning and growing. And when you create this environment of development, that's how you empower people because they can offer themselves up for like stretch assignments and and think that there are things they could do that they haven't learned yet. So this is a way that we empower others. Also, allowing for some risks to be taken with that growth and development in mind. So we need to really allow some small risk. I, I like to think of it as like a calculated risk, right? And then... We want to, in order to empower others, uncover and really nurture shared goals that inspire ownership. People take responsibility when you talk about the goals the goals for them, the goals for that relationship, the goals for the company, the goals for the family whatever it is to, um, you, you've you got common ground there is what I'm saying. And this really helps to empower others. All right, so I've got two more I wanna share. Number five is we need to put people before tasks. Here's another, uh, another quote for you. Simon Sinek said, when people are financially invested, they want a return. When people are emotionally invested, they want to contribute. So we need to put people before task. There is no greater value than a team that really desires to carry out their own responsibilities with passion. These kinds of teams originate with leadership that understands and expresses this appreciation of a person's individual value and talents, but also the collective group of talents together. So putting people first before the tasks is really about understanding them, knowing and recognizing what their talents are. Because guess what? When you really put people first and get to know them, they are going to get the job done. They are going to understand the process better because you have built a relationship based on mutual respect and understanding. So how can we do this? How can we put people first? Well, we want to show tangible appreciation for others. And again, I said this earlier, this is not just by our words, we need to speak this type of appreciation and gratitude for others. But we also need to show it in our deed, in our actions, in our behaviors. Another way that we can put people first is you want to put them first over money and time. So it means that you may have to invest a little more time up front with someone to build this kind of trust, this kind of environment, this kind of relationship. It, it may cost you a little is what I'm saying, but that's only in the beginning because in the long run, the dividends will way outweigh the sacrifice that you made for someone else. And isn't that really what a servant's heart is? It is about sacrificing for someone else. I said it earlier, noticing, not just recognizing, but really trying to answer the call of someone else's need. So putting people first. Another way is we can be proactively kind to others. And and what I mean by that is, don't just wait for the opportunity to show some kindness or compassion, but really look for it. And, and I had an entire episode on spreading kindness like confetti. So maybe go back and listen to that. There are so many ways and they're small ways, but they're very tangible ways that we can show kindness and they have a huge impact. But we need to do this Proactively. We need to pause at some point every single day and be a blessing to someone. Because if you can't find the time to be a blessing to someone every day, then you may need to reevaluate your priorities, right? We've got to put people above the task or the profit. And then there is another way that we can actually have this servant's heart And you might have been waiting for this word to come up. Serve with humility. Above all else, be humble. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's actually thinking of yourself less. Rick Warren said that. And I think that is so profound. I'm going to say it again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Pride really can become a poison to those who you want to influence. We do not want to be filled with pride because it is the death of us. There's there's just um There's so much around that topic of pride and being too proud and our egos getting the best of us, and it becomes like a poison. And the irony of that is we want to have influence over people, but if they don't see any humility, then they're probably not going to be influenced in a positive way by us. Without a humble heart, every previous principle and value that we've talked about in servant leadership is really shattered. It's stunted. You have to have humility. So how can we serve with humility? Well, recognize that every leader has room for improvement, including you. I know I am Personally, I can improve greatly and I want to have some small progress in my life every single day. So we need to recognize that everyone has room for improvement and you are included in that. I am included in that. And that's, I mean, to me, that is part of the excitement and joy of this good, good life is that there are so many opportunities. Every single day is an opportunity to Leave an impact to improve this time. I messed up last week, but I'm going to do it better this week. You know, so just keep in mind that a way that we can serve with humility is to know that there's always room for growth. Another way is to always ask others how you're doing. Don't ever stop evaluating your performance. The way you treat people how you are acting in any kind of relationship. I mean, we need feedback and we need to ask people that we know will be honest with us. And look, sometimes that feedback is hard to hear, but don't ask for it if you don't really want it because, and I hope you really do want it. This keeps us humble and it lets others know that we are real and that we are really growing. We're working on ourselves. And then another way we can serve with humility is to look for boring tasks that you can do and opportunities to connect with other people, to show that you really, truly appreciate what they do. I mean, there's so many things that other people are willing to do. And I am just so appreciative and grateful for that, because I might not have the skill set or the ability to do some of these things, but I sure am grateful that others will do it. And so, in other words, we really need to put ourselves in positions that we have new experiences and we're exposed to things that maybe we're not exposed to on a regular daily basis. And a great way to do that is volunteering. You know, getting connected with a cause that is near and dear to your heart because you do sacrifice time. You sacrifice maybe some money. You're away from your job when you're volunteering, but it creates a really um, spirit of humility and it helps us have that servant's heart. So there are a lot of different ways that we can really demonstrate humility to others. So those are the ways that we can be a servant leader. I'm about to wrap up. I've just got a couple of things that I want to share. Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I mean, what do we live for if not to make life less difficult for each other? I want to say thank you for joining me today. I am so thrilled that you are listening in. And don't miss next week because we've got a return guest. We are going to go next level with emotional intelligence. And David Brzezowski is going to be with me again from Talent Smart. So go enjoy this good, good life and love living and live loving.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Good Life with Jan Jones. We hope today was meaningful for your personal journey. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue to love living and live loving.